Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. I'm glad that you have tuned in today. If you uh, caught the last episode of Mavericks and Misfits, I challenged us all on our thinking about um, leadership in local churches, um, how our churches are structured, whether or not um, we have the time to continue to settle for less than God's blueprint, God's design, God's factory settings on the church, or if now is the time to really consider some radical shifts within our churches, and if those churches refuse Uh, Those church leaders primarily refuse to shift. Let me add this. Sometimes the leader is willing to shift and the church isn't. Didn't even think about that last episode. Probably should have included that. Um, Regardless, if the powers that be in a church, whether it's the leaders or the people, uh, refuse to embrace God's factory settings for the church, you know, typically talked about fivefold leadership offices, then it's time to, if you can't reform that church, to release yourself from that church. And, um, so, you know, I'm not going to rehash all of that. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, it's very challenging, but look, man, we've got enough people coddling us and not enough people challenging us. So hope that your big boys and big girls will go listen to it. But, um, when I mention the offices of apostle and prophet evangelist, shepherd and teacher, I want to talk to you today about this issue of prophets. And, um, I thank God for the prophets, by the way, let me just, um, I want to I want to establish a baseline here before I share about false prophets today. Um, a prophetic voice in the church has um, really been with us from the beginning. And even though there are people that don't believe in the office of a prophet, what's very interesting is even back in the day when I didn't believe in the office of a prophet or the apostle, because that's what I was trained in to not believe in those things. But what's interesting is when I began to learn what a prophetic voice sounds like in the scripture, I realized there's, there's tons of prophetic people all throughout the church. And um, most people get confused about the office of a prophet because they picture some wild-eyed, you know, long-haired, scraggly, unkept um, man who maybe is a little weird and he gets revelations about the future and timelines and warnings and you know, it's just a mischaracterization because it, it, it reduces the office of the prophetic down to just the watchman on the wall screaming, be turn, repent, or, you know, doom is coming. And while I don't want to completely ignore that that can actually be an aspect of legitimate prophetic ministry, you see it in scripture, um, there's so much more to it. And so the prophetic voice is um, so important, and there are legitimate prophets among us, like straight up God-called God gifted, God ordained, God released, God will hold them accountable to be his um, verbal representation in a generation. And um, there are some incredible ones that are very faithful. And then there are some posers. There are some fakers. There are some wannabes. There are some people that dabble in prophetic ministry, have learned the vocabulary, have learned the cadence, have learned um, the phrases and the cliches, if I can throw that in there. Um, They know how to flow in the flesh and prophesy from their soul. And um, they get a free pass in a lot of our churches because of the lack of maturity and discernment in our churches. And it's almost like anybody with a prophetic spark is endorsed by churches to spread a prophetic flame that actually isn't prophetic. And, um, the sad thing is, is that there is no, 
There is no real fixed template by which you and I can uh, diagnose every time. In other words, there's not check these three things, and if these things, three things are good, 100% reliable profit. If these three things or one of these three things is bad, definitely not a reliable profit, not an actual valid profit. Um, it, it requires so much more than a list, a checklist. It really requires time. It requires um, discernment to look at the fruit from the life of a person that declares, I am a prophet sent from God. And um, it requires, and this is where I think we've missed it mostly, it requires a biblically literate, informed generation of Christians to be able to recognize, is this person speaking on behalf of God legitimately? And I think it's this loss of a commitment to the Logos, the written word of God, the Bible. Because we are woefully ignorant of a systematic understanding of what scriptures say, we are therefore woefully vulnerable to people who presume to speak on behalf of God because the baseline, the plumb line of anything said on behalf of God is what has God already said and preserved in the canonized scripture. And so when we don't know what the Bible says, we don't have anything to measure what the prophet says or the presumed prophet. Now, is this a big deal or am I just kind of this cranky old preacher? No, it's a big deal, man, because listen, I can't tell you how many people I have met with and talked to over the last 20 plus years in what I would call um, a ministry paradigm that embraces the gifts of the spirit, including prophecy that began for me really theologically in the late nineties, but functionally in the early and mid two thousands. And so um, I've sat down with more than I can count of people that whose lives in part have been deeply damaged and in a few cases wrecked by careless words that presumably came from a reliable prophetic person. And that person was either intentionally deceptive and manipulative or that presumed prophet was um, ignorant and saying stuff out of their mind or out of their soul or out of their emotions and tagged God's name on it. And so today I, I just want to take a little bit of time and I'm, I'm not here to um, settle the issue, but I am here to call Christians to a righteous and mature approach to discerning whether or not a prophetic word is actually from God. And by the way, if it's from God, it's prophetic. If it's not from God, it's soulish. It's carnal. It could even be demonic. When, when we use this term false prophet, it's actually a Bible term. It's pseudo prophetei. Pseudo meaning fake or false prophetei, Paul, uh, prophet. So pseudo prophetei in, in, it just simply means someone who prophesies falsely. That's what it means. And the Bible's not like ambiguous about these potential people that will rise up in the kingdom. And so you've got to be very discerning about who you allow to speak into your life. Because there's a lot of self-titled prophets who aren't. <laughs> 
They're not prophets, but they know the game. And maybe they don't even know that they're actually not prophets. They've just been in a quote unquote prophetic environment. They've mimicked and aped what they've seen other people do and never stopped to say, is this the Lord? And so for all of us, and I'm speaking as a leader in the church, I'm accountable to God for who I allow, man, I I feel the weight of it, even as I'm about to say this, who I allow to prophesy in the ministry that I'm accountable for in the church. Um, you're, you're not obligated. You have zero Christian friend obligation to blindly accept a prophetic word that somebody speaks over you. You have zero obligation to just accept it because somebody said, I'm a prophet or here's a prophetic word or thus saith the Lord. You have zero obligation to blindly accept that prophetic word or that presumably prophetic word. Matter of fact, the New Testament pattern when dealing with prophetic word commands us to test all prophetic words. That's First Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21. The Bible says don't despise prophecy. In other words, don't, don't eliminate the gift of prophecy. Don't discard the potential of a prophetic word coming to you from somebody But when somebody speaks a prophetic word in the name of the Lord and they say it to you, you're commanded by the Bible to test it. And what's interesting is scripture doesn't exactly tell you how to test it, but scripture presupposes that you will be walking in the spirit and have the discernment to whether or not you're going to know that word is or is not of God. And so my prayer has been, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to quickly expose false prophets in our local churches, silence their presumptuous words, and terminate their influence because we don't need false prophets. And we don't need false prophecies, not in a time where there is such a radical need in the church for discernment and to hear what God is saying and to do what God is doing. So again, um, I'm I'm in a prophetic culture. I have been for years and years. Um, I actually obey the command of scripture, which says earnestly seek the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's a command. I mean, it's just right there. So we are called to seek the gift of prophecy. So I'm not a hater, but I'm going to tell you something. I hate false prophecy and the damage it does to Christians who don't know any better. And it is part of the enemy's tactic to send false prophetic people into our lives. And almost invariably in scripture, when you see them, these people are on some level manipulative. They quote unquote prophesy in order to steer you, in order to get something from you, in order to get you to do what they want. And in the worst cases to manipulate you into some form of submission to what they say, even to the point of abusing people. Yep. That's all in the scripture. Matter of fact, let me give you some Bible. So here's the, here's the command that drives the thought in my, my, my episode today. First John four, one, very simple, very simple, but very important. First John four, one beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Why? For many false prophets have gone out into the world. All right. Do you get that from first John four, one? So John is writing to Christians, beloved. He says, don't believe every spirit. And so immediately, you know, because he's going to attach these, this warning about every spirit and the different types of spirit, he attaches it to prophetic words and to prophets, false prophets themselves. And so he says, test the spirit to see if this is actually from God. 
So there's the expectation on average Christians, not, you know, way up on some spiritual hierarchy, but just normal Christians. There's the expectation of scripture that you should know the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet. And you are to have the commitment to test prophetic words and to test the prophets themselves. And he, he says the reason why this is important, and this is, you know, you're going back 2,000 years ago when John's writing this letter. He says the reason why you've got to test the spirits is because there are a lot of false prophets. He uses the word many, many false prophets that are sent out into the world. Now, John learned this danger from Jesus because John followed Jesus and Jesus had things to say about false prophets. Matthew 24, let me give you two verses. In Matthew 24, verse 11, this is what what. Um, Jesus says, many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. By the way, when Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24, he's talking about the age in which you and I are living. Jesus was forecasting that at the end of the age, and you and I are living towards the very back of the end of the age. He said, many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. So Jesus says, this is the way it's going to be at the end of the age. Lots of false prophets and lots of people listening to them. And then he says in Matthew 24, 24, just a few verses later, false messiahs and false prophets will arise. Now watch this. They will perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Did you get that? So Jesus is saying there's going to be people who rise up at the end of the age and they're going to speak great swelling words. Some of them will even say, I am the Christ. He said false messiahs. I'm not even dealing with that right now. But he said also false prophets. And so what he's saying is they're going to have signs and wonders. Hello, charismatic Christians, are you listening? I believe in signs and wonders. I believe in miracles and healings. I believe in all this stuff. But they can be counterfeited. And because people are so mesmerized by the supernatural and so mesmerized by, you know, the, the light and pony show in our churches and anything cool and anything dramatic that some people don't realize that these false prophets will have these false signs and wonders that they will either manufacture or worse yet, they'll be done by demonic power. And then they're going to back it up and they're going to give you a presumed prophetic word telling you what they want you to do in life. Jesus said, beware. That's what Jesus said. So we got John and we got Jesus, but we also have Peter. The reason why I'm giving you all the scripture is to show you this isn't like me flaking out and, you know, getting on some soapbox. This is real, man. So Peter writes in 2 Peter 2, verse 1, false prophets. He's looking historically. He says, false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Now, whereas technically and specifically, Peter's talking about false teachers, but the, the paradigm's the same, man. It's they're using their words to influence people in the name of the Lord falsely, with error, bringing in teachings, bringing in prophetic words that will bring destruction. Now, guys, who's speaking into your life? I'm, I'm dead serious. Like you're listening to this podcast. So I know somebody's speaking in your life and it's probably not just this podcast. Who is speaking into your life? 
because it matters because we're told to test the spirits. We're warned that many false prophets will arise. We're told, excuse me, we're told that swift destruction comes to those who listen to them as they are being led astray. You know, Paul, so again, John, Jesus, Peter, what about Paul? Well, Paul rebuked false prophets. You can read about that in the book of Acts. He didn't play around, (laughs) but he also warned about other types of false leaders. And so the application is, listen to what he says about false apostles. He says, such men are false apostles. This is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. Such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And then Paul adds this in verse 14. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants, Satan's servants, also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. I mean, like the Lord peels back the curtain and he says, yeah, there are people that are actually being used, whether knowingly or unknowingly is not specified. I think it's both. People that step into a presumed prophetic office. I am a prophet. Oh, you need, I have a word from the Lord. Uh, Thus saith the Lord over your life. You know, God told me to tell you this. And sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly, these people are actually the servants of the devil. That's pretty huge. They disguise themselves. That sounds very intentional. So there are literally people that have infiltrated churches and infiltrated ministries and they're not saved. They're not followers of Jesus. Maybe they think they are. Maybe they know they're not, but it doesn't matter. They're not. And they disguise themselves as a God messenger. And then they speak from some, some other source other than God. And the Bible says, yes, that in doing so, they serve Satan because they pretend to represent God and they don't represent God. Therefore, they are representing a sinful paradigm, which, of course, Satan is the, the prince over all of that stuff. Paul said again in Romans 16, I appeal to you, brothers. So he's talking to Christians. I appeal to you, brothers. Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught avoid them for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. My goodness. If that isn't like a mark that exposes a lot of modern day prophetic stuff, a lot of modern day prophetic stuff is just this, um, kind of artificial encouragement. It's like, Oh, the Lord told me he loves you. Or the Lord told me to tell you you're beautiful in his eyes. Oh, the Lord told me to tell you that you are blessed and highly favored and put your hand to this and it's going to work. God is with you. And what they're trying to do is encourage people, nothing wrong with encouragement, until you say God said when you don't know if God said it or not. Let me give you something here. And this is, this is something maybe some of you guys that are prophetic or feel like you're prophetic or maybe you call yourself a prophet. Let me tell you, Not every idea that you have is a word from the Lord. Not everything you feel is an accurate revelation from God. Not everything that you quote unquote hear in your spirit is from the Holy Spirit. Like we need to do a much more efficient and consecrated job of discerning was that thought 
from God? Was that thought from me? Could that thought have been planted by the whisper of a demon? Is that natural? Am I prophesying into this person? I have people, and, and I, I don't mind doing this when, when I can. They come up to me, hey, do you have a word from the Lord for me? And guess what I do if I don't? I say, no, I don't have a word for you right now. Or I give them a scripture because a scripture is always a word from the Lord. But I don't feel any pressure to come up with some word from the Lord. And the danger is that once you declare yourself a prophetic person or a prophet or whatever, you have put the pressure on yourself to always have some word from the Lord ready to release to people, individuals, or groups of people. And the pressure from that means you will invariably come up with something on your own that isn't of God. And when you attach God's name to it, you're in trouble. That'll slow you down, won't it? Like friends, when you speak in the name of the Lord for on behalf of the Lord and you speak, you set things in motion. And a lot of the times, the stuff that's happening in our churches is nothing more than what Paul wrote about in Romans 16, smooth talk and flattery, deceiving the hearts of the naive. Those are Bible words. I didn't make that up. Smooth talk and flattery. Like not every prophetic word is going to be about how awesome you are. Like God reserves the right to correct through a prophetic word, to warn through a prophetic word, to oftentimes redirect you through a prophetic word. And by the way, hey, here's a new one. Sometimes God isn't speaking. Sometimes in that moment, the Lord is not releasing a rhema word, a prophetic word, a right now word. I think a lot of the time where we're just kind of reaching in the air to find prophetic stuff to because it's cool and people are like, hmm, ha, woo, ha. Wow, that was deep, man. That's the Lord. Sometimes, guys, why don't, why don't you just open your Bible? Can I be that blunt? If you need a word from the Lord, get in the Bible. And I recognize the Bible doesn't address to every single thing, but the Bible is filled with like countless principles and guidestones for you. And you learn the voice of the Lord in the written word of God. You learn what he has already said because he'll not say anything in the present that he hasn't that would come into conflict with something he said in the past. And so the prophetic is more like his accent. Yes, he does he does release prophetic words. It's when we receive them, they're prophetic. When he releases them, they're just his word. We prophetically discern them. But there's a lot of people who are speaking, quote unquote, prophetically, that God's not saying that stuff. And so Peter says again, this is a warning that these types of people, 2 Peter 2, 3, in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. In their greed, that means they want something from you. Maybe they just want your admiration. Maybe they want that sense of being stroked in their ego that they got a word and you listen to it. It's a lot of, a lot of power that can come from legitimate prophetic ministry, but legitimate prophets tremble under the awareness that their words have influence and power. False prophets, they just throw them out there. Just, hey, let's just throw out, throw some grenades out there. It'll blow up. Maybe it'll be cool. Lights and action and power and sound. But they forget when a grenade goes off, people take shrapnel. They get wounded. They get hurt. 
And sometimes these people are just greedy. They want something from you. Sometimes, sometimes it's so patently obvious. They just want money. Hey, I'm going to give you this prophetic word and so into my ministry. Guys, now look, fundraising for ministries is a legitimate part. Not every fundraising effort is some devilish attempt to manipulate us. But man, when, when people are giving prophetic words and then it's some way easily connected to, and by the way, since you've received my prophetic ministry, God is also saying that you need to sow into this. That's manipulation. Here's, here's the way I raise funds. And I don't ever do it on this podcast, by the way. Um, that's why I get to speak, you know, without any fear whatsoever when I talk about money. I'm not asking you for a dime on this podcast. But I do raise funds in the sense of teaching stewardship to the churches that I, the churches I've pastored. Um, on Transforming Truth, which is a media ministry that goes all over the world, we're 100% supported by the donations of those that watch and listen. So I, at the end of every broadcast, I say, hey, look, if you believe in what's being said and you think it'll help other people, donate. I don't promise them anything other than what the Bible promises, that you know, you're blessed when you give as unto the Lord and God will continue to supply your seed when you sow your seed. Those are biblical things. But I don't say if you give to Transforming Truth, your skin's going to clear up. Your hair's going to grow back. You're going to find a spouse. You're going to all of a sudden be, you know, super anointed and beautiful and cool. And God's going to prosper you because you gave to the ministry Jeff Lyle leads. That's manipulation. And it's damnable. Like a lot of people are going to give answers for that. And Peter said, yeah, in their greed, they will exploit you. That means they're taking advantage of you through their prophetic words. So again, I'm going to ask the question, who's been speaking into your life lately? And are they trying to get something out of you? Because if they're trying to get something out of you, that's the opposite of releasing a prophetic word. A prophetic word is supposed to place something within you, not get something out of you. And then I just, let me just give you this last one. I'm giving you a lot of Bible today because I just want you to know, I feel the Lord speaking to the church to clean up our prophetic act. Prophetic ministry is real. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a prized one. We are to prize that gift above all things. Seek that you may prophesy. It's what we're commanded to do. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Like, go after prophecy. And then 1 Thessalonians 5 says, don't despise prophecy. So you can't just say, I'm not going to believe any prophecy because there's too many yahoos and false prophets. And Jeff told us to be careful. Therefore, it's just safer not to listen to anybody that says they're prophesying. Well, that's against scripture too. The goal is not throw out the baby with the bathwater. The goal is not to say because there are false prophets, we will forget about prophecy at all. No, the, the goal is grow up, mature, and get discernment, get wisdom. And then watch these lives of the prophets, the so-called prophets. Jesus told us to, Matthew 7, verse 15. He said, beware of false prophets. Again, how many times does Jesus have to say it? Paul have to say it? Peter have to say it? And John have to say it before we start acting upon it. Be aware of false prophets, Jesus said. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. And then Jesus says this, you'll recognize them by their fruits. Jesus says, don't be hasty in declaring somebody a valid God-sent prophet. Take some time and watch the fruit in their lives. Look at the other parts of their life when they're not prophesying. Look at how they treat other people. Are they faithful? Are, they, are the prophets under accountability and authority? Got a lot of prophetic people who think that they don't have to account. I, I had somebody walk up to me 
at our church, I don't know, several months ago. And it was a woman. And she wanted to prophesy over me. I'd never seen this lady in my life. And I was like, no, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. And I just started talking to her. And uh, she, she, she says, well, I, I don't really go to a church. I just go wherever the Lord sends me because I, I want to share what I hear him saying. I was like, don't do that here. And she was startled. I was like, yeah, you're unaccountable. Friends, you have to do this sometimes as a leader. You're unaccountable. You, you don't have any covering. You don't, you don't submit to any spiritual authority in the church. I don't know you. You tried to put your hand on my face and prophesy. I don't even know your name. I don't want you touching me. I don't want you speaking prophetically when I don't have a clue who you are. And you just told me the first thing that she told me about her ministry is that she doesn't have a local church anywhere. She's just a free agent roaming about walking around prophesying. Danger. Danger, danger, danger. That is not somebody I have any interest in speaking to my life. She may very well have a legitimate prophetic gifting, but the fruit of her life is that she has intentionally remained unaccountable. She doesn't have a covering. She doesn't belong to a local assembly. And that means she gets to go around from church to church, throwing little prophetic words out and nobody holds her accountable. That's not God. And if you're one of those people, I tell you, you need to get into a local church, submit your ministry and the words you're sharing to authority, spiritual authority in that house, work alongside and underneath the apostolic leader of that house and make sure that you're not just a rogue prophet prophesying from his or her own soul. Because a lot of the prophetic stuff that happens is not of the Lord. It's not somebody getting a word from the Lord. They're just discerning something in the natural. They're wrapping it in prophetic ease, you know, prophetic language, lingo and everything adding a few thus and thous and these and thines. And they're saying, yeah, this is of the Lord because it sounds very, very religious. And guys, listen, stop, stop letting people manipulate you like that. Like when somebody walks up to you and says, I have a word for you and you don't know that person, I'm not saying you don't have to let them share that word, but you don't have to receive that word. And what you should do is say very honestly, I'll consider that and submit it to the Lord. That is a very good answer for somebody that gives you a prophetic word because it leaves the possibility that it might actually be a word from the Lord, but it does not empower that person to think that you're going to go out and act upon it without doing what the Bible says, which is test the spirit, test the word. So I hope I've helped you a little bit today. And um, I hope that in our churches, I don't hope it. I'm praying it. Lord, rid the church of false prophets. There's nothing wrong with that. You say, well, Jeff, you're not being loving. Um, I actually am. I'm loving the people that are getting uh, victimized by false prophets and the glory of the Lord getting dragged through the mud because false prophets say stuff that doesn't come to pass. That's loving the Lord. I, I love his glory and I love truth more than I love the feelings of the false prophets. And guys, I want to tell you, at the end of the age, you know, the whole regime of the Antichrist is going to be based on false signs, false wonders. There's going to be a whole lot of false messaging, false prophecies, false messiahs. And the church is just sitting around wanting to be nice to everybody. Church is like, ah, we don't, we don't want to cause people to feel awkward or uncomfortable. Well, we, we better start now when the stakes are, are not as high. Because at the end of the age, remember what Jesus said. He said at the end of the age, if it were possible, they'd deceive even the very elect. 
That means it's going to be such a strong deception as we move towards the end of the age that if it were possible, which indicates it's not possible, but if it were the very elect, the truly born again, Holy Spirit filled people would be deceived by these false prophets because it's going to be that strong of a demonic gift. Kapow. All right, I'm fired up. I don't know about you, but I'm fired up and now I got to sign off. So I don't know what I'm going to do after I click stop on the recording, but I'm going to probably go pray in tongues for about 30 minutes and celebrate the goodness of God in the land of the living. My time's up. Check out transformingtruth.org for more resources. Check out, by the way, if you're interested, way down in the archives of Mavericks and Misfits. I did a lot, a lot of messages. Um, on the gifts of the spirit, including prophecy. And so those are down there in the archives somewhere in the basement of Mavericks and Misfits. But please stay informed. And guys, here's the thing. The best way to protect yourself against the false prophecies and false prophets is to get into the Bible and stay there. Like get into the written word. It is your armor. Like when you are armored up with the written word, you will detect, you'll sniff out a false prophet in a heartbeat, okay? All right, time's up. We'll talk to you next time on Mavericks and Misfits. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mavericks and Misfits. If you were helped by what Jeff shared today, please take a moment to rate and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or Spotify. Your review helps us enlarge our digital footprint to reach more potential listeners every week. Also, please take advantage of the free written and video resources made available at transformingtruth.org. Join us again every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Mavericks and Misfits.